0: Kia ora and welcome to the Catalyst Movement Podcast. We are a missional movement based in Auckland, New Zealand, who exists to save the lost and send the saved until all are heard. God bless and we hope you enjoy this episode. Such an honour and a joy to be able to connect with you this evening, my morning. And so, yeah, super humbled to be able to save you guys this evening. And yeah, you all love Jesus, so I do but I just really want our hearts, you know, to really be open. I just sense a couple of threads that I'm going to pull this evening and hopefully it will download into your spirit and cause revival to be awakened in each and every one of you. And I've known Ben uh, for almost a year now or in the year and the half, through Veronica who connected us and, you know, I follow what you guys do. And love what God is doing, you know, in in your ministry, in your movement. And I believe, you know, movements are not something that we start, but movements are something that we birth. And the only way we can birth a movement is you need to be pregnant with a movement. And so many, so many of the seasons we are living in, I see a lot of movements starting. But you can't start a movement. You can only be pregnant and when you are pregnant the movement then you can actually give birth when you look at the life of mary mary was encountered by by an angel and the angel said hi, Haley, you are so beloved in a way that you are going to carry a movement and we are part of that movement uh, today because if he starts it, he's the one uh, who who fulfill it and bring it uh, to completion. And you know, the sad thing about uh, about revival is revivals that I've read, I've studied revivals, many revivals whether it was the Welsh Revival Revival, there are revivals, different revivals uh, in Argentina, in Indonesia, in I mean, in Congo, but many revivals, what they tend to do is they don't last more than two to three years many revivals do not last more than two to three years. And I'll say maximum three years because sometimes we are expecting God uh, to come the same way that he came the last time. That's why when you enter into a revival now, most likely when the next revival comes, you are going to miss it. Why? Because you are expecting God to come, I mean, to come in the same way that he came last time. And God god never changes, but his ways are always different good evening and so now that we We are together, Holy Spirit, I just thank you for this evening, I just thank you for that which you want to speak to us, I pray God you'd open our ears, that we would hear, he, that is an ear to hear, let him hear what the Holy Spirit says, according to the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verse 7 and 11, and I just pray that God, you'd awaken this beautiful nation, God of New Zealand, God, and everyone else connecting from different nations, God, so I thank you tonight, may You deposit such, God, a deep fire in us that can never be put under the bed or be hidden in a closet that we can forever bend for you for the glory of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Every one of us, we are meant to be carriers of the fire of God. We are all meant to be carriers of the fire of God because Jesus Christ did not die for you so that you may have a relationship with the Father. At the sound of sounding um, unbiblical this evening, I just want to say Jesus Christ died for you so that you may have the same relationship Jesus had with the Father. I'll say that again. Jesus did not die for you so that you may have a relationship with the father but jesus christ died for you so that you may have the same relationship jesus had with the father where jesus christ said i cannot do anything of my own strength but i only do that which i see my father doing that's from a place of intimate relationship with jesus christ because we can know i mean the bible from genesis to the book of revelation we can know greek hebrew and latin we and we can translate it and formulate it in amazing and creative ways but the question is do we know him because in the book of mark chapter 5 verse 9 a man possessed with thousands of demons was able to recognize jesus but a man possessing thousands of scriptures could not I'll say that again, just in case that you missed that one. Mark chapter 5, verse 9 says, a man who possessed thousands of demons was able to recognize Jesus. But the man possessing thousands of scriptures could not. So religion never brings the fire of God. And people are not wanting... A form of godliness but they are wanting the reality of the kingdom of God that can only sweep nations because when you read Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 14 it says the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God come on somebody the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God the earth can you imagine the the beautiful nation of New Zealand being filled with the glory of God Of um, Your beautiful nation was created by God for God and to function in the glory of God, not in talents, not in abilities. Those things are good, but those things are actually kindergarten. Because when you understand who you are as a nation, when you understand the identity that God has given you as a nation, you begin to have authority. I love New Zealand. I'm so passionate about your nation being the Southland of the Holy Spirit. Not only are you good in rugby, but I also see your beautiful nation as a nation where the Holy Spirit should move without limitations, where revival should not be something that you have on a Sunday morning between 9 and 11, but it should be a nation that is so, so conducive to the Spirit of God that it ashes a move of God to the other islands you with me just checking okay just checking i just want to see if the heads are still moving because i know cuz i Or when I move, I move in a different way because God wired me in a different way and that's not weird, but it just meant that, you know, when we understand that the earth wants to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God, what does this even mean that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God? When you go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, he created us in his likeness, in his image. God created us. He created New Zealand in his likeness and in his image. Until we understand the image that God has created us as a nation, we will function in a place of performance, insecurities and confusion in our identity. But when we understand as a nation that we were made by God for God, unless we understand that we will never have any revival in our nation. Your identity is understanding who you are and whose you are. As a nation, when you understand who you are and whose you are, you become a threat to the powers of darkness. And then you can usher in the glory of God in your nation. So Adam and Eve were created in the likeness and in the image of God. That word image simply means glory. Glory. So you carry the glory of God as a nation. You carry the glory of God as an individual and you were put in the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden is not a geographic location, but the Garden of Eden simply means the presence of God. If you really do the study of what Eden means, it goes beyond the geographic location. It simply means the presence of God. So when Adam and Eve sinned, God came looking for Adam and said, Adam, where are you? And ever since then, He's been asking us, where are we? Because as a generation, as, a, as nations, we are hiding behind bushes. But when the revival fire comes, it bends every bush that we are hiding behind. Because as sons and daughters, we were never created to hide behind bushes, but we were supposed to come in the place of intimacy and relationship with the Father. Turn to, turn to yourself and say, stop hiding. And turn to yourself and say, start burning for him. You can't light anything on fire when you are wet wethood. It's time to come into the fairness of God. It's time to come into the fairness of God. So Genesis 1:26 says, let us make men in our image, in our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every livestock, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. To be in the image of God means to reflect him and represent him. I'll say that again. To be in the image of God means to reflect him and represent him. Reflecting God is the essence of being in his image. And reflecting God is the same thing as glorifying God. It's hard to glorify him. It's hard to bend for him when we don't know him. So the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. It's hard to keep the main thing, the main thing, when we don't know what the main thing is. The main thing is intimacy relationship with the father. And out of the overflow of that intimacy, we go and bend for him. Come on, somebody. There's something in you that God has put in you besides your cuteness. He has put a fire and a passion for Jesus Christ in you he did not make you to go singing this song that says this little light of mine i'm gonna let it shine absolutely not i don't like that song why because the power That raised Christ from the dead is not a little dinky light that works with AAA batteries, come on somebody. The power that raised Christ from the grave lives in you as an individual and as a nation. So it's about time for the Kiwis to start coming alive now, come on somebody. It's about time for Kiwis to arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of God is risen upon you as a nation. I feel fired up in New Zealand, even though I haven't drunk coffee. I don't drink coffee actually, because when you taste the goodness of God, you don't need anything called coffee. Nothing against nothing against cake and coffee as as Rena Bonke says, says the Holy Spirit is not, should never be limited to a little Sunday morning service. But the Holy Spirit, some people only come to church when they get when they when you offer them coffee. But the Holy Spirit should never be limited to a Sunday service because the Holy Spirit is greater. He is the Lord in everything in his fullness and he wants us to be so passionate for him that when we encounter him we end up not looking like ourselves but we end up looking like him because when we behold Jesus in his majesty in his awesomeness we become like him so God did not create you to look like you he created you to look like him and out of the overflow of looking like him you begin to ooze out the essence of who he is So God to say that he has made us in his image is the same thing to say that he has created us to display his glory. Turn to yourself and say, I was created to display his glory. You were created to display his glory. So God didn't make humans so that they they can just continue multiplying more humans. He created us to, 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 to ooze out the fragrances of heaven. He created us to ooze out the glory of God. Why? Because you were created by a glorious God so that what? You may be glorious for his glory. That's where we go from glory to glory to glory to glory. Why? Because you were made by a glorious God so your life should be glorious and bring all the glory unto him. As an individual, as a family, as a city, and as a nation, that is your identity. Your identity has been bestowed in his glory, and our image should reflect his glory. So you were not made by leftovers. You were not made by something second best or third best, but you were made by the best and the best is the father and since he has made us in his pure glorious image so we should reflect his glory wherever we go as a nation 10 to 7 say i was made for his glory since he has made us in his glory that's how that's why he created us and so to fill what not to fill the earth with babies those things are all good but to fill the earth with his glory when he says, be fruitful and multiply, you was not saying go and a babies. Anyone can do that. But it's another thing to, to, I mean, to, to, to literally fill the earth with his glory. So New Zealand was created to fill the earth with his glory. You are not created to play, I mean, to just dance to haka or, or play a haka. You were created to fill the earth with his glory. I know I'm touching a sacred cow, but we were created not to just win rugby games, but we are created to bring the glory upon a nation. The winning of rugby, is a minor thing. The main thing is to keep the main thing. It is to bring, if you encounter the glorious Lord, when we encounter the glorious Lord, then we can bring the glory of the Lord upon New Zealand. So the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. But everything got messed up when Adam sinned. Yes, people still still carried part of the glory, but they were no longer reflecting the true glory of God. There's the natural image of God and the moral image of God. Genesis chapter nine, verse six, talks about the natural image of God, but the moral image of God was destroyed through Adam and Eve's sin. Every human was made in the image of God. But when Adam and Eve sinned, they lost the moral image of God. So they continued to produce babies, but they were no longer producing them in the image of God. They were now just producing them in their own image until Jesus Christ came into the scene and began to restore everything that was lost. So as a nation, you were created to careers of revival. Yes, we talk about revival, awakening, and quickening. All those songs, all those hymns, all those sermons we have listened to are all amazing. But weekend after weekend, we can go to church and hear sermons on revival and sing songs about revival. I remember I think when I lived in Australia, I remember I think through the Ministry of Hill Songs says, I mean. On a Sunday, I want revival, but on a Monday, I can't find my Bible. It was a song that went something like that. And it's something that we do on a Sunday. But actually, it's not something that we do on a Sunday. Caring revival should be our lifestyle. It should be our lifestyle. It should be our lifestyle. And so we don't, do, we don't go out to do evangelism. We just go and express the glory of God that he has bestowed within us. So or else we evangelism becomes scary. We end up beginning to manipulate people to try to come into the kingdom of God. So when we carry revival, our revival doesn't start in church. Revival starts in our hearts. It starts in our homes. It starts in our family. And out of the overflow of that, we go in and praise him for what he has done during Monday to Saturday on a Sunday. So, are you a generation that is hungry for the glory of God? Because we we have limited the Holy Spirit to speaking in tongues. It's so said. We have limited the Holy Spirit to to a gift of prophecy or a gift of miracles. It's so said. And yet, the power that raised Christ from the dead abides in each and every one of us. So, the Holy Spirit is not a little shimmy-shimmy tongue, but the Holy Spirit is a person is a person that wants not to make you have goosebumps on the floor and soak, but the Holy Spirit was sent so that what? You may be a witness. Whether you choose to roll on the floor and speak in tongues, that's an option. So many people want power, but no one wants to be a witness. Many people want power, but no one wants to be a witness. Whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord, send my sister. Here I am, Lord, send my brother. So are we a generation that really wants revival? I believe you know. I believe it was probably when I was um when I was seventeen or so. I began to pray and fast. God, I want revival. And the father says, "Do you know what you are asking?" Said so God. I mean, it's, it's, it's a good word. I want revival. Went through the season of praying and fasting. I used to read a book um by Charles Finney, how he was a revivalist. So God, I want everything that he had. And says, "It's gonna cost you." But sometimes we want fire on the altar, and yet there's no sacrifice on the altar. There will never be a fire on the altar without a sacrifice. So if you put something on the altar, then we can never sac- I mean, fire. So our prayer should be, Lord, according to the book of Chronicles, in Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14, it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, will humble themselves and pray, If my people, who are his people, all the Kiwis, send every one of you. If if my people, who are what, call by my name, those who shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, I believe we are all saved. But it's one thing to be saved, it's another thing to walk in his glory. Being saved is the first step. But there's more to that. So Lord, I was praying, Lord, I really want to see I want to be a carrier of revival, so it's gonna cost you everything because the gifts of the Holy Spirit are freely given according to First Chronicles, no, according, according to First Corinthians, chapter 12. The gifts are freely given, but your calling is gonna cost you everything. Revival is gonna cost you everything, it's gonna cost you everything. It might cost you having to give up any, some Netflix. Ooh, it might cost you to just give up maybe some Facebook. It might cost you to just give up some, you know, um, Instagram. It might cost you to say, I'm going to get up at 3 a.m. That's what my grandmama used to do at the age of seven years old. She used to wake me up at 3 a.m. and say, let's pray. Can you imagine waking up a seven-year-old kid today and, let's, and say, let's pray at 3 a.m.? you will be sued for child abuse. You see what I mean? But God is raising a generation that is so intoxicated by the presence of God. No longer will be a nation that's, I mean, that it's, um, you know, those mushrooms that make you go high. Because when you test the, the presence of God, you don't want anything else. And so it says, test and see that the presence of God is good. Test and see that the glory of God is good. Test and see that God is good. God is so good. He is so good. And everything that he does is, is so good. And he wants the earth to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. I've never been to a theological school and all that. And I respect everyone who has a PhD in who, who understands Hebrew, Greek, and all that. I'm, I'm humbled by their knowledge. But at the end of the question I'm, I, I always ask is, do you know the God that you are courting? Because it's only out of the overflow of that intimacy can we be passionate. Where you are no longer running after people and saying, do you want to know Jesus Christ? But people begin to run to you and say, who are you? There's something that you are carrying. Is it energy? And you have to tell them, I'm sorry, it's not energy. I'm not into new age and I'm not into you know uh, yoga and all that stuff. This is called the Holy Spirit. Where someone says, "I want everything that you have," and say it's going to cost you everything that every it's going to cost you everything, and you have to let go of everything that you've made uh, to be an idol in your life. So I believe God really wants to to fill the nation of New Zealand with His presence. Can you imagine the presence of God coming upon the whole nation where sin is no longer in a nation where you, you even the thoughts in your mind. You cannot choose to think anything that's ungodly. The Welsh revival, when it happened, it said that, you know, mining was the the biggest industry. And and through that, soccer was the well-known sport. But when the move of God happened um, in the Welsh revival... Through a young guy, 22 years old, 21, 22 years old, Evan Roberts, who began to pray, God, bend me, bend me, bend me, give me souls for the kingdom of God. And the move of God began to happen in this beautiful nation of Wales. They had to close their minds because they had to retrain their donkeys because their donkeys were so used of responding to swear words. When these miners were born again, They couldn't use those words and the donkeys did not even know uh, how to respond anymore to the new words that they were being used, so they had to close their minds for three months to retrain these mules and these donkeys. We want revival, I believe. I believe it's about time we don't talk about it, we don't preach about it, but I believe it's a time where we put ourselves on on the altar and say, God, may you ignite us as individuals. May you ignite us as a nation. May you ignite us in a way that is no longer about us, but it's in a way that glorifies you. You were gloriously made for the glory of God. It's about time as a nation, as individuals, and because it's not about our denomination, our organization, our ministry. It's all about being consumed by the glory of God and being glorious for his glory. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's so empowered by the Holy Spirit where we are no longer running after gifts, who can lay hands on me and give me this gift, but we are running after the presence of God, the glory of God, no longer the hand of God, but the face of God. It's about time, I believe as a nation, in the midst of the lockdowns, in the midst of all the frustrations, I believe this is a season now where this lockdown locks us in a way and say, God, I'm not going to leave this room until I encounter you. I'm not going to leave this room in the same person that came out in this room where you are no longer praying. But according to the book of Romans 8, 26 and 27, it says the Holy Spirit, he prays through us, through groanings, through groanings that cannot be uttered in, in words. Those groanings simply means to travel like a woman giving birth another intense level of intercession. Where we begin to pray, where we are grieved, but we are grieved by the fear of the Lord, by the word of God, by the presence of God. Where you won't leave the room until the until until the, the walls in the room begin to um, begin to sweat because of intercession. And say, God birthed it, God birthed it, God birthed it. I'm not after a platform. I'm not after a record label. I'm not after an invitation. I'm after God. Can you imagine if we had a burning passion for Jesus that says, God, I want it all. I don't want bits and pieces of you. I want the fullness. I don't want your hand. I want everything that you you are, even if it means you are hiding me in the cleft of rock. Even if if I just see your back, I'll have your back than nothing. I know people have known me for different ministries of maybe running schools of the prophetic and all that. But I came to a point and says I don't want to just run these schools. I want the glory of God. If God does not come in our schools, we close the shop. If God does not come in our churches, we close the shop. If God does not come in our ministries, we close the shop. If God does not come into everything that we do, we close it. If God is not in it, I'm not in it. Come on, somebody. If God is not in it, I'm not in it. I just came back uh, four weeks ago from Brazil and it was a hard nation to get into because of the uh, lockdown and COVID and all that. And I said, God, I don't want these sons and daughters here to live here, the same people. And I said, God, may your glory come forth in this place. May revival come forth in this place because these nations are bound with witchcraft, idolatry. It's time to have a move of God. We had a move of God where you, you, you can't even teach, you can't even preach. Why? Because everyone is on, stuck on the ground from 10 a.m. until 7 p.m. No one can get up. No one can get up. If they try to get up, they fall. They I mean no one can get up. So God, we want the glory of God. And there was one girl in that school, and God says, "I just want you to release everything upon her. Twenty-one-year-old Brazilian girl. Then she went into the north, into the north, uh, I mean, of, of Brazil. And the moment they arrived as a team, witches began to come out with all their witchcraft stuff, and says, "We, we there, there's something about you. We want the God that you have." And that's how it was for two and a half months. Began to clean up north of Brazil, because when the revival comes, you don't need to say much, because you are so on fire that every snakes, every spiders, every witch, and every warlock comes out and say, "Mm -mm, this fire burns, because you cannot touch fire and, and be okay. The fire comes to burn. Revival fire consumes everything in the way and refines. 21 years old, just came back on Saturday from from the Netherlands. And these kid's about to go to one of the hardest core places in Mexico, the hardest place in Mexico, where where they'll tell you, we don't want missionaries. This team we've got about to go, it's called a place called uh, Ramosa. And this place is a hard core place controlled by, by drug lords. And the team was about to go, and I said, you cannot go to these places with talents and giftings. You can't go in these countries and do dramas, because these nations are bound with the dramas already. You need to bring the glory of God. You can't bring it there until you have it. You can't go and give them something that you don't have. So here it is. And the glory of God came in that place. And kids did, began to run out. We cannot handle this fire. And I was like, be very careful. Since you've been asking, I want fire. There it is. You can go out and bring the fire in the nations when you're not on fire yourself. What are you going to go burn with? So the glory of God came and they shook and they got delivered from every stuff that they had and they were under the glory of God. They began to shake and fled. And I said, God, give them grace and says, yeah, I've given them grace to repent from all their sins. Now it's time for them to be on fire so that when they go to these places, they can really carry the glory of God. It's about time, guys, we don't preach little fluffy messages. It's about time where the glory of God comes in everything that we do. And it's not hype. I don't do hype stuff. I'm not into hype. I'm only into kingdom glory stuff. And it's not manipulation, it's not trying to twist, make people jump and scream. I don't do that because when the glory of God comes upon you, nobody needs to tell you anything to do. You respond according to your yieldedness. You respond according to the fragrance and the atmosphere that that is in the place. So I never tell people to lift up their hands and worship. I say, God, you are a God, some God. If people can jump up, you know, I've I've gone to soccer games, rugby games, and I mean, basketball games. You'd be so surprised what people would do when they see a ball or a well known celebrity. They jump up and scream over a little dinky ball. But after the glory of God, nobody jumps up for the glory, I mean, for the presence of God. And I'm like, Lord, have we been so limited? Have we been so bewitched as a generation? So I believe God wants to encounter each and every one of you. So that when people sit next to you in a bus, in a plane, they'll begin to repent of their sins. And they'll begin to say, honestly, I don't know why I'm telling you this. And you'll be like, I know. Because the God in me, the righteous in me, the Christ in me, the hope of glory cannot have association with what you are carrying. Someone has to give in. The kingdom of God cannot give in to the kingdom of darkness. So the king of darkness has to give in. And then they repent of all their sins. And then you'll be like, now I can lead you to the Lord. Do you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Bzz, in Jesus' name. There it is. This happens in trains. This happens in buses. And this happens in planes. In, pl- in planes where you sit next to someone and you don't have to say anything. And they begin to manifest sitting next to you. Fix everybody out. And then you just have to say you don't have to do so much. You just use the goal of the gospel. Just you use two thirds of God's name. You just say go, and everything goes out into all the world and preach the gospel. You see, for us to be carriers of revival, we can't date. The, we cannot date the world and explain and expect to cast the world out of them. We can hang, we cannot hang out with the devil Monday to Saturday and try to cast him out on, on Sunday. It doesn't work. So what am I saying? What I'm saying is, let's raise a kind of righteousness, of purity, of the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. How can, the, how, how can the earth be filled with the glory of God when we are still dating the world? Turn to yourself and say, it's time to change. It's time to change we can only have authority in our cities and in our families when we are not walking like the world oh i get i get so excited i know it's monday morning but i just get excited it's monday evening for you guys but i pray that god will so grip this beautiful nation of new zealand with his presence that your mind cannot think anything ungodly You cannot act in in anything ungodly, but you so love the presence of God that you will not compromise. And compromise is not doing something that's bad. Compromise is doing something that's good. That's not God. I'll say that again. Compromise is doing something that's good. That's not God. Because if it's God, it's good. But just because it's good doesn't mean it's God. So let's raise the standard of pure righteousness and holiness. When you test the beauty of his majesty, you want to tell everybody about Jesus because why you cannot keep it to yourself. You want everyone to encounter this amazing person called Jesus that encountered you when you were lost, and then now what you fill the earth with the glory of God, seeing sons and daughters come back as, as prodigal sons into their true identity, into their true authority for the glory of Jesus that the question this evening is, can New Zealand be saved? Can, okay, two two of you are like, yeah, maybe I've been praying for the salvation of the Kiwis, but nothing has been happening. The question is, can New Zealand be saved? Or maybe I should ask, can New Zealand be revived? Can New Zealand be awakened? Can New Zealand be transformed in every sphere of society? Can New Zealand be quickened? I believe so. But guess what? It starts with you. Revival doesn't start with someone coming from overseas and preaching about revival. Come on, somebody. We have done that for so many years. We are waiting for someone to be on fire and come and light us. Uh uh-uh. uh. We have the same Holy Spirit that comes from each, each and every other country. So don't limit your little dinky light. Are you hearing me? Because God is not giving you a little dinky light. Let the Holy Spirit begin to flame the flame of fire that has put in you. And you begin, you begin to see transformation in your life, in your family, in your schools, in high schools, in universities, in colleges, in the spheres of society. It starts with you. It starts with you. It starts with you. Regardless of how young or how old you are, it starts with you. It starts with you. Yes, we read amazing books of Smith with Amy Semple McPherson, you know, Catherine Kuhlman. And you'd be like, wow, that's dope. That's cool. That's amazing. Yeah, that was dope in their generation. But more what more about in our generation? We don't want to read about it and not do anything about it. Yes, God encountered them and they moved in love, in righteousness, and in power. But it's now our turn. It's now our turn. It's now our turn. So I pray that God would so fill us with his glory. He would so fill us with his presence that our lives will never be the same. We will never be the same. We will never be the same. You should see my kids. My kids are passionate for Jesus Christ. My eldest daughter, she's 14 years old, called Gabriela. Colin, Gabriella is 14 years old. 14 years old. You should see my daughter doing deliverance in Brazil, Shagabamba, that means she's anointed. So revival starts in our houses, starts in our families, it starts in us. You be passionate for God, you be passionate for God. I came to a point in my life when I realized in my life at a very young age, I've been used by the enemy. And I'd been used by people. And I never wanted to die without ever being used by God. And I said, God, I give this life for your glory. Do whatever you want to do for your glory. God, if it means bend me in any area, bend me, bend me, bend me. And I believe God is raising up sons and daughters from different backgrounds. Where he's starting a move. It's like in the book of Ezekiel. The question is asked, Ezekiel, what do you see, Ezekiel? Ezekiel 37, and says, I see bones. And God was seeing an army. What do you see in New Zealand? You might see suicide. You might see oppression. You might see depression. You might see confusion. You might see tribalism. You might see hatred. You might see poverty. You might see addictions. But how do you see through the lenses of God? I believe God is raising an army in New Zealand, an army of revivalists, an army that carries righteousness, an army that carries passion, an army that will not compromise, that will not sell the identity for a ball of shoe. What do you see? And I believe God is aligning believers in New Zealand, aligning us to come into our true identity. Sometimes that this frustration that we carry, sometimes as a nation, as individuals, that this frustration would motivate us towards change. But that change comes from a place of saying, God, I put my life on the altar. These dry bones can be poor people, rebellious, marginalized society, young and educated that carry wounds of abuse that suffer from sicknesses and all that. But are we open to say, God, for your glory, transform these lives, do what you want to do in our generation. There's hope for New Zealand, guys. There is a hope for New Zealand. There is hope for New Zealand. There's hope for New Zealand. That division can be broken through the ushering in of the glory of God, where we are no longer praying for a move of God. We are praying for the glory of God to be made manifest in our lives, in our families, and in our nation. There is hope for New Zealand. If you didn't believe so, here's the word. There is hope for New Zealand, and there's hope for your life. It's not yet finished. God says it's finished, but the enemy has not said the last words. God says the last words. What do you see in New Zealand? Do you see hopelessness? Or do you see an army of revivalists? The Deborahs, the daughters of God. They join the Baptists, the sons of God, rising and walking their true identity. So New Zealand, it's time to arise and shine for your light has come. Matthew, it's time to arise and shine. Colin, it's time to arise and shine. Joanna, it's time to arise and shine. And that's on the word of knowledge. It's what the screen says. I'm just saying. It's time to arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of God has risen upon you. Do we want revival? or do we just want to soak on the floor and have goosebumps or are we going to be so intoxicated by the glory of god in our minds in our emotions in our will in our spirit in our bodies in our soul and we begin to ooze out the fragrances of jesus it starts with you it starts with you so lord i thank you for this beautiful nation i thank you for your amazing sons and daughters that you have created in your image for your glory. I thank you that New Zealand is a glorious nation because it was created by God for God. And I thank you God for the inhabitants, God, of this beautiful nation. So Lord, from the north to the south, to the east and the west, as you said to Ezekiel, prophesy to these dry bones and the east wind, the north wind, the south wind, the west wind, so I pray, God, to the, all the four corners of this beautiful nation. Let the wind of the Holy Spirit come, revive and restore that which the enemy tried to still kill and destroy. If my people who are called by my name, who will humble themselves and pray and turn away from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive them of their sins, and I will heal their land. Lord, I pray for reconciliation and the healing of the land not meant to reconciliation, but us being reconciled to Jesus Christ, Father. Holy Spirit, would you saturate this beautiful nation with your glory, with your presence, with your fragrance? May you marinate them, God, with heaven, God. That they'll begin to ooze out the fragrance of Jesus in every sphere, God, of society, in every house, may be filled with the glory of God, in every home in every village, in every town, in every city, in every neighborhood, God, may be filled with the glory of God. As the earth covers the sea, may the knowledge and the glory of God so cover this beautiful nation. So Lord, I thank you that you're a good, good father. And I pray God, you'd ignite such a flame and a fire. In their bones, like, like Jeremiah, who said, I feel it's like a fire that has been so shined into my bones, God. God put a fire, God. Even as Joel prophesied in the book of Joel, chapter two, that God will give no, will give you no rest, God, that the intercession, as we pray, God, fulfillment in the book of Acts. When your spirit came, God, we pray, God, for a new wave, God, of your spirit, God, upon New Zealand, God. Break every spirit of religion, passivity, lukewarmness, and we pray, God, you'd ignite this nation. you ignite your sons for your glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. So let your kingdom come in New Zealand as it is in heaven. May he be so established in New Zealand as it is in heaven. May the nation's identity be as it is in heaven. In Jesus name. Amen. Ben, quick question. I know we're supposed to finishing at nine, so nine is back to you. Keep going. He never give a microphone to an African. I expect him to keep on going. He will never stop. Just keep going. Mm. Is there anything else you're sensing, David? Any, I don't know, any words or just anything you want, you feel like? I don't know. Just go for it. What did Jesus really mean when he told Nicodemus that he must be born of water? and born of the spirit to be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven. You know, when Jesus Christ said that to Nicodemus, he wasn't referring to the kingdom of heaven that is in heaven, but he was referring to the kingdom of heaven that is to come on earth. That's why whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose in heaven will be loosed on earth. In Psalms 119, 25 says, my soul cleaves to the dust, revive me according to your word. It's a scripture that I love that comes from Psalms 115, verse 16 says, the heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth has been given to the children of man. So everything in heaven belongs to the Father. Everything that is on earth has been given to the sons of men, which echoes in Genesis chapter one, verse 26. Let them have dominion. The heavens of the heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth has been given to man. So kingdom perspective, what was he saying Jesus Christ when he says, you must be born again? Nicodemus said, should I go back in my mother's womb? Absolutely not. You are the teacher of the law. You've been, you know the law. And you don't even understand this basic uh, theology, Nicodemus. Because you can enter the kingdom of heaven, in heaven without a body. But to enter the kingdom of heaven while on earth, you need your body to be born of water and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. To be born of water means to be born inside a womb that is filled with the water and to be born of the spirit, that means that the same body born of water must be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you are filled with the if if you are filled with the presence of God and, and the glory of God, as Rena Bonge says, the less spirit, the the less Holy Spirit we have, the more cake and coffee we need to keep the church running. Nothing against cake and coffee, but there's no substitute to the Holy Spirit. So I believe God wants us to be born again again. What do I mean by that? Many many times we get born again from the world and we come into religion, denomination, organization. But I believe the Father wants us to be born again from religion, denomination, organization into his kingdom. Only in his kingdom can we have authority. Or else we just go around the same mountain and never come into the fullness of what God has created us for. I believe it's time to enter in as a nation. It's time to enter in where we no longer go around the same mountain for 40 years and never come into our full inheritance. Can you imagine the beautiful nation that you are in today, New Zealand? The way it is, fast forward 40 years later, is still the same. Absolutely not. Can you imagine how your life is today? Fast forward 40 years later, is still the same. No, there has to be change. There has to be change. How does the change come? You get to a point and say, uh-uh, I'm not gonna stay in the land of Pharaoh. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I'm coming out, and I'm gonna to have to let go everything that has controlled me in Pharaoh's land and come into the land of inheritance. I can't come into the land of inheritance while I'm still carrying uh, Pharaoh mentalities or Egyptian mentalities. Bible says out of 1.3 people, 1.3 million people, theologians say out of between 1.3 million people to 3 million people left Egypt. But every, every one of them died in the wilderness, except two, Caleb and Joshua. And yet yeah, they did an amazing prophetic word that they carried for 430 years that never came to pass through that generation. We can have prophetic words of what God is going to do in New Zealand. We can pass on these words from generation to generation to generation. And, but we can never fully come into them. How do we come into the fullness of what God has in store for us? We need to change the way we see ourselves as New Zealanders. Numbers 13, 33, they couldn't come into the promised land. Why? Because of the way they saw themselves. And yet a prophetic word of what God was going to do in and through them. Did an amazing prophetic word of what God was going to do in and through them. So how do we see, how do we come into our our prophetic inheritance? Because the prophetic word is an invitation, but there's no guarantee that the prophetic word will come to pass. How will the prophetic word that has been spoken over the beautiful nations of, um, of New Zealand come to pass? Because the prophetic word is an invitation. Because when you get a prophetic word, It's like truth before time. So it seems like a lie. So truth before time seems like a lie. That an angel would come to Mary and say, you're going to have a child. That was truth but it was before time. So it seems like a lie. An angel came to Sarah and Abraham and say, by the time I come here next time, next year, you're going to have a child. That was truth before time. It seems like a lie. Where Isaiah would go to, to the house of David, and say, through this family, a child is going to be born. That's Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. That was truth before time, so it seemed like a lie. Until 600 years later, we see the fulfillment of of that prophetic word. So it was truth, that was before time, so it seemed like a lie. Many of the times we get these prophetic words of what God is going to do in our lives, in our families, in our nation, it's truth, but it's before time, so it seems like a lie. But it's not like God is, we are waiting for God to do something, but actually God is waiting for us to come in our alignment according to the prophetic word. We don't wait for the fulfillment of the prophetic word. We walk into our prophetic word. How do we walk into our prophetic word when we know our identity as an individual and as a nation? They began to walk on the journey, they could never come into the fullness because of the how they how they saw themselves. How did they see themselves? They saw themselves as grasshoppers. So here's the good news this evening, New Zealanders. You don't have an image of a grasshopper, you have an image of the glory of God. So it's time to walk into your prophetic destiny. Come on, somebody, you have an image that has been made in the glory of God. So it's time to walk into your prophetic, prophetic, prophetic destiny. Truth before time seems like a lie. Truth before time seems like a lie. Eagle, you know, as a nation, you are, you are created to soar high as eagles. You are not created to hide in the little trees and little bushes. Eagles look forward whenever there's a storm. It gets excited when there's a storm. So in the storm that you guys are in, consider it all joy, but you're gonna rise beyond the storm and begin to see things from godly perspective that's being prophetic honestly if you only knew how prophetic new zealand as a nation is honestly if you only knew the prophetic identity you guys have a nation if you only knew the prophetic mentors you guys have a nation that's why you go through so much warfare the warfare that you go through as an individual and as a nation tells you who you are because if you are not significant in the kingdom of God as a nation, you didn't go through the warfare that you go through. That's who you are as a nation. So it's time to get hold of your inheritance. And you destroy the bears and the lions and the Goliath in your way. So it's time to rise and shine and walk in your prophetic identity. And not just pass on the word to the next generation, but I pray that the prophetic word that has been spoken over New Zealand will begin to come to pass. Will begin to come to pass How does that come to pass? You begin to prophesy that word and begin to walk into that word. You don't wait for it to come to pass. You don't put it on a shelf. God has not given us prophetic shelves to put prophetic words. It's time to walk into our true identity. It's time to walk into our prophetic identity. Who you are as a nation is so unique and is so strategic. When New Zealand holds themselves back, guess what you are doing? You are holding... The kingdom back. It's time to walk in who you are. It's time to walk in who you are. There's an amazing warrior that God is giving you as a nation. There's, a, there's amazing strength, go getter, radical, the ANZAC, go getter. They go forward. So here's what we do. We put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, the shoes of the readiness of the gospel of peace. And guess what? We walk into who we are. So it's time for you as a nation, it's time for us as a nation to understand the glory that you were made by, by a glorious God and walk into your prophetic calling. It's time to no longer excusing ourselves. Oh, we just Kiwis, we are chilled, made, she'll be all right. No, no, she ain't all right. It's time to walk in who we are. She ain't going to be all right until we do something about it. Are you hearing me? That's why I like the Nike sign that says, just do it. So Kiwis, just do it. You do you according to what God has created you to do. It's time to walk in who you are. It's time to walk in who you are. And with the Holy Spirit, you can do all things through Christ who gives you the strength, the power, and the authority. You are a powerful nation. And God doesn't need millions, actually. He just needs burning hearts. Yes, he willing hearts, obedient hearts, laid down lives, laid down lovers for Jesus. So it's time to be ignited don't wait for someone to bring the fire the fire is already in you stir it up stir it up stir it up stir it up within you that's your identity and that's your calling and walk in who you are and please hear my heart i say this in love even though i might sound a little bit <clears throat> i say it in love and it's all in love it's all in love it's all in love because of god so love the world so i love you too So it's all in love. So walk in your true identity, Ben. Okay, bro. Walk in your identity, Ben. Ben Collar, walk in your identity. Bradley, walk in your identity. Matthew, walk in your identity. Cindy, walk in your identity. Lasani, walk in your identity. Sherry, walk in your identity. Walk in your identity. Walk in your identity. Because when you walk in who you are, you set creation free. Why? Because the Bible says creation is eagerly waiting for the Kiwis to come into their identity. How can creation be set free? How can we have revival when you Kiwis walk in your identity? You begin to set creation free. Come on, somebody. I said this in love because I love you. May you be filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit passion of the holy spirit excitement of god revival and god and do greater exploits for the glory of god Mm. so we are no longer excusing ourselves but it's time now to walk in that identity and authority in jesus name much love Thanks for listening to this episode of the Catalyst Movement Podcast. We hope you enjoyed and were blessed by it. For more content and information about Catalyst Movement, check us out on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube or visit our website at catalystmovement.com.